0: Stupid people in Florida are so dramatic. Well, especially people from South Florida. I I swear to God, the last time I was in Miami was I was playing a show down there like right before Christmas. At night, it was 69 or 68 degrees. We went out to dinner. People were in like winter coats. Like, I'm not joking. (laughs) People are so
1: dramatic.
0: (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, let's get started. It's starting to get a little late. It's 9:15 in the morning, so welcome. (laughs) Ladies, germs, and people of all genders to the Ah Real Films podcast, a podcast hosted by two siblings where we discuss a different theme each week. And today, I am Trick or Treat Curtis, and my co-host is Trick or Treat Taylor. No, I'm
1: Trick or Tay. That's not fair. I was going to be Trick or Tay, and you just- Well, you
0: know I don't think about any of this stuff. uh, I wasn't going to say Halloween Curtis. I was
1: so proud of myself for finally coming up with a good nickname, (laughs) and you stole it. Sorry, I just read your mind. (laughs)
0: Um, Well, as you may um, guess from the theme or from our discussion and from the name of the episode, as always, I always forget (laughs) that we name our episodes based on the theme. Um, We're discussing Halloween today. Now, just a little explanation because some of you might be confused. Hey, this is releasing on November 6th. Why are you doing a Halloween episode on November 6th? Number one, um, we've been incredibly busy in October. (laughs) We just didn't have time to record a Halloween yeah cut us kind of some October. fucking slack exactly <laughs> you know what we're gonna stop this right now you don't deserve a hope oh wait getting too angry okay um second off um we figured this would be a nice recap of Halloween we're all very sad when November 1st comes rolling around I wore my it was <laughs> casual Friday at work so I wore my most disgusting horror themed shirt where people's heads are turning into spirals uh it's based off the film uh, well manga and film uzumaki and people are like are are you okay like we're at you're a lawyer what are you doing right now and i was (laughs) like look i just want halloween to come back um but we're all upset when november 1st rolls around so we thought we'd do a nice recap of our most fun halloween themed uh uh events and films and all that kind of stuff that we did during the halloween and number three, really, I was thinking about it. Every horror podcast releases a Halloween episode on Halloween. We're unique. Okay? Yeah, we're we, we, we release a Halloween episode far after <laughs> Halloween time. Not because we're lazy. Not because we don't give a shit uh, and we're just trying to stick to our podcast schedule. It's because we care about well, our listeners, right? I,
1: I would like to also point out to the listeners a little peek behind the curtain that you and I have been so stressed out at work <laughs> and I'm studying for my certification exam.
0: I, I've gotten maybe 10 hours of sleep the past two weeks.
1: That pretty much our entire text message conversations back to each other is only that nervous laughing emoji.
0: <laughs> and very genuine, are you okay? Yeah. Like, do you, make like, sure you drink a certain, you know, St. John's wort, okay? You can really, oh, yeah, that was really my newest anxiety. thing.
1: I was like, Curtis, you sound really stressed out. I think that you should be drinking St. John's wort tea. And that was no, like my legitimate, like.
0: Thankfully, like. thankfully, um, you know, uh, well, I am about to have a kind of crazy thing happen at work but holidays are coming up i'll have some time off yeah i know you'll have your tests coming up we'll have some time off yeah. we're going to be producing a lot of great content in the next two months we have four episodes uh in oh the, yeah before the end of the year or right at the end of the year and be slash beginning of the year that we're really excited about um so please uh we'll make sure to stay on schedule oh, yeah. we've got work schedules uh you know uh loosening up a little bit but um Anyway, uh, I almost lost the plot there and just started complaining on my podcast. What
1: if this um, Taylor- became like one, an, a, an advice podcast because I'm obsessed with advice podcasts. <laughs> like, Me too. And it was just us talking about our lives.
0: Yeah, the Savage Lovecast, except it's like <laughs> us just complaining about our own lives. I
1: love, I love. So nothing
0: the- like the Savage Lovecast. People, <laughs>
1: people who call into the Savage Lovecast are truly, truly, truly wild.
0: <laughs> They're freaks. They're total, in a good way. Freaks in a good way. Um uh, Taylor before we begin, uh do you want to reveal what you are uh drinking right now as we do? Um, I for- I forgot we were going to do
1: that because we yes. are recording at uh well now it's 9:15 a.m. um and I woke up it's daylight saving so I got your girl got a lot of sleep before she spends all day studying. Must be nice. Um I woke up at 7:30 and then I stayed in bed um, on my phone as you do, I was like mm, comfy, cozy blah and then I got out of bed to make my coffee and I get a text from Curtis that says, hey, tried to call you where are you?" And I was like what's up dude? And he was like and he was like, well, we're recording. I was like, oh you meant 8 am and so <laughs> <Yes>. I was <laughs> I yes. was I was in a complete dither, um, but I did manage to brew my delicious coffee that I am enjoying with silk soy milk, Pumpkin cream creamer. Or pumpkin spice creamer. So all right. yeah. I
0: I'm gonna one up you here. All okay. right. All in right. terms of basic bitches bitchedness. I'm drinking Trader Joe's pumpkin coffee with silk pumpkin creamer and a pumpkin donut right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> we are <laughs> Feeling like, very good. We are it's determined like seventy to keep, degrees keep, right yeah. now.
0: I'm frozen we, in my house. <laughs> we
1: are determined to keep Halloween going. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I'll be drinking this shit until, you know, February oh, if I can. I
1: have to tell you an unfortunate um, Halloween-related incident mm-hmm. um, that is related to pumpkins. Um, my boyfriend, Justin, does not understand Halloween, I don't think. Like, he just doesn't get as into it. So, on Halloween, I, I had, like, a get-together at my house. We are like, you know, passing out candy to trick-or-treaters. But my best friend slash former contributor, Tori, had brought over all these pumpkins, and we carved jack-o'-lanterns and we had them sitting out on the front porch and it's been pretty cold here so they weren't going to get rotten, whatever. The next day was Friday. I came home from work. I'm like, where are the pumpkins? And Jess was like, oh, I threw them out this morning. <laughs> it's not Halloween anymore. I was like, we had those for one night. Like, what the hell?
0: I'd, if I had done that, I'd be sleeping on the couch for like I a was
1: week. I was <laughs> legitimately pissed because I had made my jack-o'-lantern. Maybe I'll post a picture on our Instagram. I had made my jack-o'-lantern look like the one from the beginning of Halloween, you know, like mm, as it melts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was really proud. I made my
0: uh, so I have my own jack o' lantern story. If we're gonna (laughs) gonna hop into our little Halloween festivities, I have my own sad jack o' lantern story. So I made um, I made a jack o' lantern of my favorite emoji, my sister's favorite emoji as well, which is the laughing, sweating emoji, (laughs) which basically encapsulates my life. (laughs) Um, just nervous laughter, just constantly anytime someone (laughs) tells me anything. So I made this um on Monday, Halloween's on Thursday, so I made this jack-o'-lantern. Chanel made a jack-o'-lantern of Jack Skellington, which was really, really good. Oh, uh, she actually cool. still has that around. But she's like, I'm going to throw mine in the fridge. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm going to put mine on the patio. So it, it, to those folks who live outside of Florida, uh, last Halloween, I lived in Tallahassee. In Tallahassee right now, you know, averaging like high seventy five, low of, as low in the forties. Yeah, um, about. in Tampa today is the first day it's gotten below seventy. I woke up and it was sixty eight, and I put on my sweatpants and my socks, my woolly socks. <laughs> and you grabbed your and... pumpkin
1: spice co- coffee, and you <laughs> said to yourself, mm, "I love fall." <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the only day of fall we're getting, folks. Uh, tomorrow it's gonna, it's supposed to be a high of eighty eight, so <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts. So I don't, I don't have my brain still has not wrapped around the fact that I do not experience cold weather anymore. So I put this pumpkin outside (laughs) and it rained for two days straight and averaged about a high of 85 to 88. By the time Halloween rolls around, I'm like, where are those candles? I'm going to put a candle inside (laughs) my pumpkin. There is just a hive of flies, mold, just hanging out in that thing. We, I still lit it, and it got rid of the flies, and next, <laughs> Chanel was perfectly fresh, it was beaming, and then my sad pumpkin, <laughs> you couldn't even see the light inside of it, it was so sad. Well, uh, um, at
1: least that relates to the uh, theme of the pumpkin that you had carved, which is the nervous laughing emotion. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, Absolutely. <laughs> So I quickly threw it away so it didn't scare any of the children coming to our door. Yeah. But, um, did you get any trick-or-treaters, Taylor?
1: Okay, so I finally moved to a neighborhood. It's actually one of those neighborhoods that people drive in to go trick-or-treating in. Um, and so it's my first year that I got trick-or-treaters, and we unfortunately ran out of candy, even though we got wow. a big bag from, uh, from Costco. And it was absolutely devastating uh, that when <laughs> kids would ring the doorbell, and we would have to be like, we're out of candy, but... Um, I saw... And then they
0: cry, they refuse to leave the porch. I saw... In the middle of the street.
1: And I saw so many good costumes. First of all, I saw a lot of cute little Black Panthers. I saw a two-year-old dressed as Hulk, which was as adorable as, like, you would think. But I guess because the new, um, I guess because there was a new Chucky movie that came out this year, there was a lot Mm. of kids dressed as Chucky. And most of them, I was like, oh, that's cute, you know, whatever. I... You know, someone rang the doorbell. I go outside. I'm passing out candy. All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this kid running towards me. He's dressed as Chucky with the mask, holding up a fake bloody knife, and he was <laughs> running towards me, and I legitimately <laughs> felt scared for a second because <laughs> he was, like, the size of the Chucky doll. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, well, unfortunately, I we got plenty of candy that we will now be eating for ourselves. <laughs> we only got about five or six groups of trick-or-treaters. Aww. Oh, Very, very cute. One girl came to our door and her parents were filming it. I think we're the first house on her first ever trick or treat. She's very cute. cute. Yeah. But um, uh, the park near our house, we live really close to the Hillsborough river uh, and a park is on that river and the park had tables up. So kids could go to the park and neighbors, you could set up a table and give out candy that way. And afterwards kids were going into the neighborhood, but we're, um, I guess, a little far south for the park. So mm. uh, Chanel's sister, who lives about half a mile to a quarter of a mile away from us, they ran out of candy. We uh, unfortunately did not. But yeah. I did uh, manage to watch uh, three movies and get drunk slash hungover the next day That's on good. Halloween. So I'd say overall pretty successful.
1: Same, same. We we watched, uh, we queued up Hocus Pocus, a little uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, a little Trick mm. or Treat. So um, mm. it was, nice. I mean... I, I didn't watch I, any of them because I was getting up every two seconds to give out candy, but um, it was still fun.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I think on Halloween, I watched Friday the 13th Part 2. Me and Chanel have a thing where we like watching sequels on Halloween, so we can, that's how we eventually get through all of them. Oh, okay. Um, I've seen all the Friday the 13th movies except for Jason Goes to Hell, um, but- uh, we watched Friday the 13th Part 2 with her sister, which is the one where Jason has a bag on his head and and trips over every branch on the ground, <laughs> seemingly. Um, I watched, for the first time ever, Halloween 4, uh, oh. Return of Michael Myers, which was very good. Highly recommend that. And I also watched Return of the Living Dead, which I will um, be discussing maybe a little bit later. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, but um, Taylor, you, uh, before we kind of recap some of the stuff that we did, some of our favorite films that we watched, uh, do you want to go over, I know you've completed... Um, All of the Nightmare on Elm Street films at this point, speaking of sequels, let's get your list. I mean, this is a perfect, fun uh, Halloween time film franchise, so let's get the list of your top Nightmare on Elm Street films in order. All right. From worst to best.
1: From from worst to best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, to reiterate, I I bought a (laughs) DVD collection off of Amazon that was like, all the Nightmare um, on Elm Street movies, Um, and... It did not have the remake in it, so there was eight films that I watched as part of my Nightmare on Elm Street coverage. Um, feel free to hop in um, as mm-hmm. I go.
0: I'll, I'll comment. Yeah, well, you know I'll comment. Yeah.
1: So my number eight, so the worst one was uh, Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street Six, the final Friday's final nightmare. Um, the I watched this film, so it was number six. So I watched it pretty recently, probably less than a month ago. Um, And I can say in the ensuing month, the only thing I still remember is that uh, Freddie uh, dresses up as a witch and rides a broomstick Mm -hmm. past a kid's house. That part was hilarious. I truly cannot remember any of the other plot points. Um, (laughs) This film is a mystery to me. I will say that even though this was my least favorite Nightmare in Elm Street movie, I do remember still enjoying watching it. And I think that speaks to the quality of the franchise as a whole. Um, that this mm-hmm. is not... I wouldn't say it's like a terrible movie. It's just not... I mean, it's hard not to compare, obviously, to the other Nightmare movies. And it's like, all right, well, I'm glad I watched it. Because like, now I can say I watch all of them, but I won't be returning to this film. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> see, I don't like what this film did to Freddy's character. I think it's too much of a horror comedy but I also like horror comedies just yeah. fine and I thought it was pretty funny Freddie riding the broomstick like a witch is uh iconic yeah. at this point <laughs> it's kind of his jump the shark <laughs> moment a little bit um but uh you know I can't disagree too hard with it I would put it above maybe two or three of the other films especially if you include the remake but okay yeah if you I, I can't argue remake, with that
1: maybe. um yeah and uh, I think in, and I don't want to discuss each film too too much but just to the horror comedy and uh, this is something that is true of all of the films so I'll just say it once um Freddy is a humorous character and he was always intended to be a humorous character and the best Nightmare on Elm Street movies are the ones where he's both scary and funny if he leans Mm -hmm. too far into being scary that's not as fun um if he leans too far into being funny then you get Nightmare on Elm Street 6 Freddy's final nightmare which is like Mm -hmm. yeah he's funny but it's not scary anymore so um So my number seven is Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Um, Mm. This is truly where the franchise started to kind of come off the rails. Um, Like, so in the fourth movie, you kind of get a new main character, and she is in the next... She's in four, five, and six. She's good, and I enjoy her character. But in, in Dream Child, it just... Like, the plot is so bizarre. Like, it's when they really started to try to give Freddy, like, a very concrete backstory. But, like, you get kind of one backstory in three, and then in four, they kind of continue it. And then in five, it's kind of just, like, they add in this other thing. And eventually, you're just like, wait, what movie am I even watching anymore? Mm -hmm. You know? it. it, and, And this is an example, too, of where, like, Freddy just doesn't feel like he's not the main character anymore. They have so much other stuff going on that, like... Freddy invading your dreams and killing you kind of seems like a subplot, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't hate this film um, as much as other people online seem to, you know, a lot of people are like, this is where the franchise really became shitty as if like New Nightmare didn't come after this film. But yeah, um, Yeah. so I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't agree that this is like where the franchise drops off, but I will say that it kind of takes a lot of stuff that you don't really care about the franchise and makes it the focal point.
0: Well, I could not tell you a single thing that happens in either four <laughs> or five, so I have no comment. <laughs> on that.
1: Okay, um, but then we can move on to my number six, which is Freddy versus Jason. Um, I loved this film; it was really awesome. Uh, I don't really think it's a Nightmare on Elm Street film. It's kind of just—is oh, a- that
0: why you have it as your six? Is I know you really enjoyed it, yeah. It's Just because it doesn't feel like a nightmare film, exactly.
1: It doesn't okay. feel like part of the franchise to me, and if anything, it actually feels like more of a Friday the Thirteenth movie like it, it kind I agree
0: of, you know I totally agree like
1: it just in the way it feels it's very it's a lot more serious than other like than Nightmare on Elm Street movies um I really enjoyed it and it was very 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 fun to watch I think this is a great like party film but I was thinking about in terms of doing like my franchise review it's pretty low for me um mm-hmm. Freddy has a few zingers but it's like mostly like most of the time you see him is when he's fighting Jason which is cool but like. You kind of missed the it's more epic. humorous aspect. Let's be
0: honest. It's epic. epic.
1: Yeah. You said you didn't think that the final fight was that
0: good. I just wanted more. There's one uh, where I just wanted more. Yeah. Um, I will say this film has an all-time great kill for both series uh, with the, the dude that gets um, – Crushed in the bed—that oh, yeah. is just an all-time great kill well, for both Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. I will
1: say, two of the kid being crushed in the bed—it is both reminiscent of the very first Nightmare on Elm Street film, where um, the kid gets killed in a bed. Um, mm-hmm. But is some somehow kind of just like a, a an upgrade to that? I think you know because that's yeah. such an iconic scene from the original Nightmare on mm-hmm. Elm Street film, and this is kind of like an homage to that, but it does something different, which I thought was cool. So agreed. Okay, so that's it. Freddy versus Jason, number six. Number five, Nightmare on Elm Street two: Freddy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to like about this film. I think um, obviously there's kind of like a gay subplot, and a lot of people think this is like the first gay horror movie. That's cool um I think that Freddy stays menacing but maybe is like less funny than you would expect him to be but something about this film just like doesn't work and I can't really put my finger on it it's just like there's a lot of good elements but when you watch the film as a whole you're just like huh and it's kind of a shame because it's the second Nightmare in Elm Street movie so when when you're new to the franchise and you watch it, you're like, oh, well, that's a bummer because the first movie is so good. Like, is this... mm-hmm. But then the franchise kind of picks up after that. So I, I do kind of wonder what went on with this film. Um, I read some stuff online, um, but it kind of just seems like it was maybe like a sophomore slump type of thing. So,
0: Well, I this might be a little controversial, but I feel like, and it, maybe it's just not for me to say. But I feel like this film is the first gay horror film the same way that Howard Dean would have been the first gay president. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't buy, just yeah. as context, Howard Dean famously said that he would yeah. be the first gay president, which because Howard he's, Dean's not gay. He
1: said, he said if Bill Clinton was the first black president, <laughs> not black, I'm going to be the first gay president, not gay. Not so. gay, <laughs>
0: yeah. I just don't buy it. Um, I uh, I appreciate the um the main actor in this film he's uh, gone uh, and spoken at different conventions about you know how um how how much he appreciates this film and how much it's done for gay culture um you know to the extent that it has however i i think any gay subtext is purely incidental Mm -hmm. i mean you know i don't think that, that this was um meant to be done by uh, the filmmakers, and I don't think we should just read that read this into the film simply because the main uh, yeah. actor was gay. I think. Yep. But I I kind of agree this, and in in terms of everything else, I feel like this movie is honestly kind of boring. There are a few like really good moments in the film, but those are few and far between for yeah. me. All
1: right. Well, now that we're in the top four, I can say um, I was kind of moving these four films around, even up until this morning when I awoke in a panic and had to remember that we were recording um and I will say this is kind of the ranking I'm giving them now but I can definitely see them that changing as I rewatch these films again so I'll just go with um so my number four is Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Dream Master I loved this one um I loved it even more so for the fact that other people didn't love it as much as I did like I just thought first of all i said as i said to you i love a teen drama and this is like teen drama at its finest i think um such as that we hadn't seen since the first one um i also love that at the beginning you're kind of given a cast of characters and throughout the film um their kind of importance to the plot changes until as i said earlier you kind of have a girl who emerges as the as like a main character and she's in the next two movies after this um and I just think that it was both really scary. The plot was fast, you know, fast paced and that Freddy stays like funny in this film. So um, I really enjoyed it, especially as a um, as I think it works really well with Nightmare on Elm Street three. Like I think these two films, you could watch them together and kind of get like an encapsulation about what the series is like as a whole. So yeah. Dream Master. Nightmare on yeah, L2 again, n-
0: no comment for me. I just cannot tell you anything that happens in this film. All right, cool. Um,
1: all right, so I have, for my number three, I have um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare.
0: Um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Um, what? Nothing, go ahead. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: first of all, Heather Camp is back, baby, in this film, and she's awesome, as she always is. Uh, I really like how meta this film is. Um, I think it's probably, besides the first one, the scariest Nightmare in Elm Street film, um, because basically the premise is, is that, like, Freddy is actually real, like, because Heather Langenkamp plays herself, um, and, gosh, what's his name? That, oh, Robert, Robert England, Robert yeah, yeah, plays himself, and so it really does feel like, oh, okay, the threat of Freddy is real, um, as it hasn't been kind of, you know, since the first film. I think my only criticism of this film is that it's not at all funny. And I did really miss that about this mm-hmm. film. Um, as being a Nightmare on Elm Street film that's not in any way humorous, that was kind of tough for me. Um, that's why probably it's not even higher.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prototype for Scream. Uh, really scary. I thought there were some funny moments. Just the, the meta parts of it were darkly... Hum- I don't even know if it was darkly humorous. Just, you know, kind of yeah. funny, you know, quirky... Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty scary. Um, I had my, uh, little spiel on this, um, uh, when we spoke a few episodes ago, how, you know, I watched this with friends and they all hated it, but I right. still quite enjoy it.
1: Which I don't, I still don't get, um.
0: Especially if you enjoy Scream. Yeah, I, I mean, think all those people can go, go ahead and scream. unsubscribe, so. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right, We'll have well, like five subscribers by yeah. the end of the year.
1: <laughs> okay, so, uh, my number two is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this is pretty much everyone's favorite sequel um, in the Nightmare franchise. Um, it is. It has the same stakes as the first film, um, but has a totally different take. I really appreciate the Nightmare on Elm Street films that are like very different, like the plots are very different, but that they kind of still feel the same, and that's how this film is. Um, it's, I think it has a lot of the great kills that we've, you know, kills are good. Um, mm, they are like, I think it has a lot of the great kills that we've come to expect, you know, from a nightmare on Elm street film. And I think it's also really impressive that it did come after nightmare on Elm street Two, Um, because you would think like, Oh, okay. You know, after seeing two, you're like, Oh, okay. I guess that's the direction the series is heading in and nightmare on Elm street three managed to, Kind of go back to its roots without seeming like it was backpedaling. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Like, oh,
0: totally. It kind of, but it also adds something new. The idea of the Dream Warriors is really, really cool. Like somebody fighting back against Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, they do in the first film, but they like, you know, it's, it's, you think it's more effective in this film and it's more like like, coordinated and
1: well, it's cute because it's like, I mean, I say cute, but like, you know, all of the kids in Dream Warriors kind of have, they manage to make it about like okay these are the strengths of these different kids this is how they're gonna fight Freddy without it being kind of like cheesy like you would expect yeah, totally. this film to be a lot cheesier than it is um and it's just like i mean it's a really really good film um mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed it which another, means another
0: another all-time great kill with the tv kill just oh yeah to point that out yeah
1: yeah, yeah. She was being a bad girl, though. She wasn't supposed to be smoking, so. Exactly, Um, exactly. Not that she deserved to be killed in the TV. No, she did. She did. (laughs) Please. Um, Which means, obviously, that my number one is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I tried to think of any way that this couldn't be number one, but I really couldn't. Um, It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's scary. It's funny. um, It really introduced one of the greatest horror villains of all time and my personal favorite horror villain Freddy Krueger um so there's really I mean there's there's nothing about this film that I don't like whereas with all the other ones I can pick out one or two things that I don't like um I will always be down to watch this movie and I'm always as entertained um as I was the first time I watched it um and Heather Langenkamp is truly a treasure so Mm -hmm. um oh and I also would like to point out one of the um one of the most famous uh, twist endings, and I think it really popularized the idea of using a twist ending, so that was really yeah. cool. Yeah,
0: and I just, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on um, Friday the 13th, our episode 12, based on a true story, yep. uh, that's where we cover that, so um, I won't belabor it any more than it needs to, I mean, this is a classic, it's um, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and uh, I think it's deservedly number one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's it. I could finally put a bow on my Nightmare on Elm Street coverage. Um, I did not watch as many Saw movies during October as I had hoped. I was traveling a lot for work, which I didn't um, initially think I was going to have to do when I announced my coverage of the Saw movies. But that being said, um, that is my next franchise review that I'm going to do. And I'm hoping to pick that back up more in November, in December. And so Mm. um, expect some more on that coming forward but yeah nightmare on elm street is a great i mean my overall thoughts are it's a great franchise i don't think any of the movies are total stinkers um even six which was at the bottom of my list i would still say you could watch it and have a good time um so if you're really looking to dive into a franchise kind of like i was um everyone said this was the best one and uh i guess i concur i mean i don't it's have anything to compare from it to here yeah i guess it's all downhill from here yeah
0: um, uh, I will say as I've gone through the Halloween, I haven't gone through them as system systematically as you have, but a lot of the Hall—I granted—I haven't watched any of the truly terrible Halloween films. I only have three left, um, and that is Five, Six, and Resurrection, all of which <laughs> uh, have less than ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, but Halloween's gonna... a good one to start up yeah. for next time.
1: I, I'm gonna—I I'm definitely going to do Halloween, but I might do Halloween uh, next year around Halloween. Around Halloween, yeah. yeah. Um, are you not going to watch the Rob Zombie ones?
0: Do I have to? <laughs> you don't have to, but I, I mean... <laughs> I, I will. I s- will eventually. S-
1: there, is, there are some defenders of the Rob Zombie Halloweens, so... Yes. Yes. Uh,
0: it's, uh, I, yes, I'm very much looking forward to a hillbilly Michael Myers and having <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie play Michael Myers' mother as a ghost. That'll be awesome. Well, thank you for that uh, captivating recap of the <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> films, Um and i i agree that is one of the best uh mainstream horror series uh, i'm partial to the hatchet series but that's a little bit we more we all know that you're part, partial
1: to the hatchet <laughs> series
0: <laughs> but anyway uh, at this time now we are going to chanel's uh disney spooktacular corner uh that which we have uh recorded and so i'll throw it over to her right now
2: Welcome, folks, to Chanel's Not-So-Scary Halloween Corner, also known as Chanel's Not-So-Scary Halloween Spooktacular.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you. Beautiful intro. Thank you so much. Uh, We had tried to record this about six different times, and I fucked up the intro every time. So you did a great job, Chanel. Good good introduction of your segment. And um, yeah, so we want to talk a little bit about the less scary aspects of Halloween uh, that you and I both experienced um, this October. Um, for one, we went to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween in mm-hmm. at Disney Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Beautiful Lake Buena Vista, Florida.
2: Beautiful.
0: Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Some of your favorite candy, some of your favorite rides. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that.
2: Ugh, the candy situation was honestly crucial. We had so much candy.
0: Mm-hmm. I still got mine in my office. So.
2: I ate all of mine, <laughs> and as I also ate the candy we got for the children, I had to go buy more. So, uh, Halloween candy is definitely one of the best parts of Not Scary Halloween. Mm -hmm. But, so, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is, like, a separated, ticketed event, so you have to buy, like, a special ticket to go in, like, after hours, and they limit it to the amount of people that can be there. This was the first time that either of us have been to, like, a hard-ticketed event. That's what it's called in in Mm -hmm. Disney-speak.
0: Hard-ticket. A
2: hard-ticket. We didn't get a hard ticket. We did get a cool wristband.
0: Yes, you have no tickets were involved. No, actually. yeah, I
2: don't know why it's called that. Wow. Anyway, so because they limit the amount of people that can be there, we like essentially walked on to Space Mountain.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty
2: much, I don't think we waited more than like
0: fifteen, 15, minutes? 15
2: minutes for each ride. Well, talk
0: a little bit about Space Mountain. What was so cool about Space Mountain oh for the event? Oh my god! Okay, so I
2: forgot. Oh my goodness! So we went on regular Space Mountain. Mm-hmm before the park closed because you can actually go in at like 4 p.m. and then it switches over to Halloween party at like 7. So we went on normal Space Mountain, you know, which has the lights, the cool space music. So during the Halloween party, Space Mountain was completely black completely pitch black I could not
0: see the hand in front of my face You I
2: literally kept holding my hand up like an infant just like where am I and then it, it, they called it like high intensity music and honestly <laughs> I did not stop screaming from it the rockin'. moment It was That
0: music was rocking
2: It was rocking It's like I think it was scarier than the mummy I don't it was know.
0: scarier than the mummy, Taylor. Okay. I'm sorry.
2: Confirmed. Scarier than the mummy. So yeah, being able to like walk on to all of the rides was super duper cool. And then on top of it, you get to trick or treat. And like I said, we got so much candy and we like were good candy.
0: probably the oldest people engaging in the trick or treating by about 10 years, would you say?
2: Probably. It was <laughs> worth it.
0: We got a shit ton of candy though. That's so stuff that candy. lasted me more than a month now almost, yeah. or almost a month now. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
2: So, they also had, like... Um, special like stage shows in front of the castle. There's a special fireworks show. Mm-hmm. It's just all very Halloween themed, and also the Halloween decorations that they put up at Disney. The little Mickey pumpkins, all like the fall wreaths. It's the, just very. It makes you feel fall.
0: My favorite one was the sexy green M&M with a witch's hat. Oh, I was yeah. very turned on by that.
2: Curtis loves the green. I M&M. love
0: the sexy M&M. green M&M. Anyway, uh, Chanel. So uh, just I guess to recap the event. I mean. Would you, I mean, would you recommend, uh, you know, I it, to me, it seems like a perfect event if you're too scared to go to, um, Taylor will be discussing, um, oh, God, it's, it's
2: Halloween Horror Nights.
0: Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> Taylor will be discussing Halloween Horror Nights. So if you're too scared to go to Halloween Horror Nights, um, but you still want to have some Halloween fun, sounds like this is the place for you, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: That pretty much directly describes you. Am I correct? I
2: yeah, I think I'm like a grade A weenie. I used to be forced <laughs> to go to Hollis Scream, which is the Bush Gardens like Bobo version of Halloween Horror Nights, and even that's too scary for me. Although next year I want to go. I I'm not.
0: We're going. I'm th- not a big girl. Like I've talked Taylor. to Taylor about it. We'll 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 be going. Okay, for sure. so
2: baby baby steps. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, thank you for that uh, wonderful recap. I can say for myself, I had a great time. Um and relatedly I wanted to while we have you here, I wanted to talk about you are kind of a connoisseur of not scary Halloween films. So before well, before I started (laughs) dating you, uh the films that you're about to mention I had never seen before and now I've seen all of them and I quite enjoy some of them. I quite enjoy some of them. Um but you know, I'm more of a guy who I like to check out um Audition. Not during (laughs) Halloween, actually. I actually am a fan of movies that are both scary and fun Uh, i'm saving the texas chainsaw massacre as an audition for maybe different times of the year but if you are you know more in the camp of wanting to have fun during halloween uh, i know you're kind of you know a big fan of those types of films so do you want let's let's get three of your favorite of the more not-so-scary type of Halloween films.
2: Mm. So in the way that people watch those, like, Lifetime Halloween movies or, like, the new... Ne- not Halloween. The Christmas movies <laughs> or, like, the new Netflix Christmas movies, just, like, feeling the spirit. That's what I do for Halloween. And I know that you and Taylor try to do at least one movie a day. I personally tried to watch at least one like halloween themed thing so i watched a lot of like the halloween office episodes (laughs) the um, parks and rec office episodes you know just like staying in like the holiday spirit for halloween so i think my all-time favorite non-scary halloween movie not a surprise to really anyone is hocus pocus and not to like call out all of these fakes But you know, I know I'm going in. Let's go. So Hocus Pocus is having like a big like resurgence over the past few years, and I'm really happy for it because it's an amazing movie. I think it is one of the best Halloween movies out there. It's enjoyable for everyone. You can watch it over and over again. But as my close, closest friends know, I have had Hocus Pocus, the digital file, on a flash drive that I've carried around in my wallet with me since before we started dating. You're
0: a hoe for Hocus Pocus.
2: I am a hoe for Hocus Pocus. So if you ever need Hocus Pocus on a flash drive... Hit me up.
0: Yeah. Yes. Flash drive technology is very big right now.
2: It's a little embarrassing. (laughs) But listen, if the power goes out, boom, throw it in your computer. That happens a
0: lot in Florida. In in Tallahassee,
2: it came in clutch. Yeah. Okay. So that's like my all-time favorite. So I'm like bouncing between three. So I think next up would be Beetlejuice. These other ones aren't in order.
0: Okay.
2: So Beetlejuice. You can give four.
0: Four is fine. I see you got four there. Beetlejuice,
2: Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Don't
0: say it. Don't say. He's that.
2: behind us.
0: All right, <laughs> uh, that was uh, the listeners are going to love that. I dude. know.
2: Michael Keaton's not behind us. So, this one is like it just reminds me of being a kid and like watching it with my sister. Um, my sister and I have always watched these like Halloweeny movies together when other kids thought we were weird. So, Beetlejuice like reminds me of my childhood. And also, it's just like so funny that they're trying so hard to be scary and they're just like "Ha!" ha, ha. I will say
0: that mo- parts of that movie are legitimately scary um, yeah but this is more this is pushing almost into the horror if you want to be a little adventurous and you're a big weenie this is a good one uh, to go for <laughs>
2: you want to branch out into something that yeah. might scare <laughs> you a little bit Oh, man, I'm, like, thinking of, like, more and more movies. I'll do some honorable mentions. Okay. Okay, so... So I asked
0: for a top three. I'm getting a top four and honorable mentions. No, no, no. no. You're
2: getting a top three and then honorable mentions. Oh, okay, mentions. good, good. Okay. okay, so my top... My third movie in my highest tier would be Halloween Town. So this is another one. I don't have it on my flash drive, but I did have it on my old computer. Is this another it Disney one? So Halloween Town is a Disney movie i think it was a disney channel original Mm -hmm. it should be um i'll circle back to that in a second so halloween town is another one that i've seen a billion times just like hocus pocus um i mean honestly i feel like the skeleton cab driver is a little bit scary especially um have you have you seen it
0: yeah yeah, we yeah. Watched it yeah yeah and i watched it um in a large group one time it was shown on projector oh remember? that was yeah. so
2: in tallahassee we had um like a showing of halloween town at the shark tank like i'm pretty sure i was the one that asked them like hey mm-hmm. can we do this We watched one and like, two
0: that night if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly <laughs>
2: um akbar's revenge is real serious that's halloween town too anyway so halloween town is good it gets like a little spooky a little intense there's like a lot of like female power and like camaraderie in it love it yeah um yeah so that's my all-time top three and then some quick honorable mentions i know that you think of this as a christmas movie but nightmare before christmas is to be watched every halloween and christmas season okay Good year round. I'll
0: accept it. That's fine. Um, my, I'll accept it from you. Ta- if Taylor tries to tell me that, I'm not accepting it.
2: I'm on Taylor's side. <laughs> so uh, my other honorable mention would be um, The Adams Family. I love
0: that movie. I know. I watched just, it for the first time with you this month, and I loved it. I can't
2: believe that he hadn't seen it before. I just, yeah. It's wonderful. I just, my favorite Delightful. thing is, well, of course, how much Morticia and Gomez love each other, but just the lighting on Morticia's mm. eyes.
0: You pointed out to me, actually, it looks like the lighting on the uh, character in Candyman's eyes, the woman in Candyman, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me right now, but yes, it's very uh, similar. Helen Lyle. Helen Lyle, yes. Yeah, whenever
2: Candyman's talking to her towards the end of the movie, when she's like going, I don't know if she's going cuckoo, I don't know if you guys yeah. discussed it. Anyway, yeah. when, when shit's getting real, and the light is shining on her eyes, in we were at the Tampa Theater, and I was like, huh, this is like Morticia. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so funny, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, those are some great pick. Oh, we have one another. I know how I'd like to finish. Oh, good. please. Finish with a flourish.
2: Okay, so to round out Chanel's Not-So-Scary Halloween Corner, Curtis, yes. one of my favorite questions to ask you in life.
0: Uh-oh.
2: What? I ask you what your favorite food is. Uh-huh. What is your favorite Halloween candy?
0: Favorite Halloween I mean, favorite Halloween candy is just a version of my favorite candy. I love the Reese's Pumpkins, uh, the pumpkins. The pumpkins. The, bat, the bats are good too, but the pumpkins are just, seem to be juicier with more of the peanut butter in them. Yeah. Those are my absolute favorite Halloween candy. What about you?
2: Mm. So, in typical Chanel fashion, I have two. Oh so, my, my, one of them is, so the like, easter cadbury eggs they make a halloween mm-hmm. scream egg and it's green goo which i Neon also green. i love green colored food i got the green ketchup as a kid and like everyone hated it yeah Ugh, so gross. that and then my other one is um racy not racy's uh milky way midnight
0: oh i know you're you're a milky way fan mm-hmm. well those are two great picks i don't think i've ever had the egg before because you'll get one and just eat it before yeah, I, I can even share it with you <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Chanel. Um, we will have you on for the, in the future, I'm sure, whenever we have the need of someone who has a not-so-scary taste. Uh, and thank you uh, for your recap, your review of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween and some great recommendations. And um, I don't know. Thanks. Thank you, Chanel. And that wraps that up. And now we're going to go into uh, Taylor's coverage of Halloween Horror Nights. And we're back, <laughs> hello, folks. Oh man, I missed you all. Uh, it's good to be <laughs> back, um, uh, Taylor. Uh, now that we've gotten uh, Chanel's Halloween coverage of uh, the uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween and all the variety of wonderful Disney horror films, uh, Taylor, would you please uh, go over your? Um, oh, I'm I'm blanking on it. Uh, Halloween uh, Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights coverage. There's so many different. Yeah. There's a uh, Hollow Scream and Spooktacular. Uh, here, so, you know, yeah. it's uh, um, got so much to choose from.
1: So, yes, Halloween Horror Nights 2019, which is the 29th Halloween Horror Nights, um, I attended on, I think it was, like, October 17th, so about two weeks before Halloween, um, I went with a group of friends, and uh, we got very drunk beforehand, so it was very fun. Um, I will say, kind of my thing up top is that it's, Halloween Horror Nights is tough, because, You see all the houses that they're going to have. You get really excited. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to this house. I'm going to go to this house. I'm going to go to this house. Then you get there and you wait in line for a house for at least an hour. So realistically, if you get there right when they open at 630 um, and they close at 2, but like I'm old. I'm not going to stay till 2. So usually we'll stay till like midnight or 1. You'll really only go to like five or six houses. Um, And so we... Tried to have a game plan. That game plan quickly fell apart um, as we realized that the lines were really long. Um, we were able to go on some rides, um, which is fun because it's in the Islands of Adventure theme park. So um, you you can go on all the rides, even if you just buy a Halloween Horror Nights ticket. So we did go on a few rides, uh, including The Mummy, which is
0: spooky uh, and on brand it's a great it's ride honestly honestly the best ride at universal for my mom. yeah
1: it's very well mine is harry potter the forbidden journey but um regardless um <laughs> okay. but um so we did we went into four houses um we went into hold on i need to find my list to make sure i get them right because we went into uh this um house called nightingale's blood pit it's called blood pit <laughs> uh we went into the us house we nice. did Ghostbusters and we did Depths of Fear. So we did two branded houses and two original houses. So for people who don't know Halloween Horror Nights, um, like uh, about five to ten years into, and I don't, I, there's actually a really good um, episode on the history of Halloween Horror Nights on Dead Meat that everyone should listen to if you're interested. But basically um, about halfway into their existence or so, they got, access to ip so they were able to do like branded houses um so they could do houses based on movies basically or tv shows they have a stranger things house and they had a stranger things house last year um but then they also still do original houses and in my experience the original houses are usually better um and i don't know if that's just because in the branded houses they just show people things from the movie so if you've seen the movie you're like oh well okay like whatever Mm -hmm. um i will i last year when i went to halloween horror nights there was a um zombie themed house that was like legitimately scary like i felt scared going through it Um, yeah that's still kind of my favorite house and this year um we did so we did two branded houses and two um not you know original houses but my favorite house was the us house um first of all it was very realistic to the film it was kind of wild actually it felt like you were walking through the set of us um which i know i kind of just dissed that but it was for me as a fan of that movie that was like a really cool experience i don't know if other people who hadn't seen us were like as impressed you know with that aspect as i had been um and it was also just really scary like they took all the scariest things about that film and like shoved them in your face so um i really appreciated that i thought it was a really well-designed house um our biggest disappointment was blood pit um we kept on, while we were waiting Where's in line. The blood pit? Yeah, while we were waiting in line, we were really excited. We made up a song. We were like, when you walk into the blood pit, the blood pit. So we kept on singing that. We got really <laughs> oh excited.
0: That must have, I <laughs> am so glad I wasn't around you too. That must have been so annoying.
1: But then like when we went through, it was just, they kind of showed you the same thing over and over. And it actually reminded me of the year before there was a Halloween house. Halloween. It was based on Halloween four, actually, weirdly mm. enough. And it literally the entire house was just Michael Myers stepping out from behind different. (laughs) It was like, oh, okay, it's just Michael Myers, like, (laughs) stepping out at you. And at one point I saw two Michael Myerses, and I was like, well, that's stupid. Um, But regardless, so the houses overall, I would say, were pretty good. Um, Halloween Horror Nights also offers this thing called Scare Zones. So it's Mm -hmm. basically just, like, you walk through a section of the park. Oh, yeah. And and that, I think that is where you really get the most bang for your buck, because obviously you don't have to wait in a line or anything like that. Um, and so, um, some of the scare zones were really, really good. Um, that's there was a Rob
0: Zombie themed one, right? Cause I went to Universal a few weeks before for a birthday and I saw like Rob Zombie's, there was... you know, torture chamber or whatever the hell uh, it was it's
1: called. Rob Zombie's Hillbilly, Hellbilly Deluxe. That one was oh, pretty God. good. Um, one of my favorites was called Vanity Ball. Um, and it was basically like very creepy looking people, but they were like all dressed up. So it was kind of like, that's cool. U- unsettling. Um, and so we we really enjoyed the scare zones. Those were those were um, probably the funnest part. But um, you know, Halloween Horror Nights is a fun event. I think you have to be really in it to win it. Like, um, I th- so we went to the park during the day, and then we went to Hall- We went back to the Airbnb to rest up, and then went to Halloween Horror Nights. And I was telling Chris, who I usually go with, I think next year I want to not do that. I want to just go to Halloween Horror Nights so yeah. that we can stay the whole time. And go to as many houses as possible. I think I also might spring for the fast pass because, to be honest with you, waiting in line for an hour, an hour, an hour and a Not half fun. to go through a fight... well, and you also kind of lose. You have to be in. You have to be in a mental space to be scared, and it's just hard to maintain that when you're waiting in mm-hmm. line. Um, I will say that at Universal, they do sell alcoholic beverages so that mm. can kind of keep you going they did not um, do so
0: at mickey's not so scary right, Halloween. right i was so, very very hyper off of candy but, yeah uh, not drunk
1: um and um and to be honest with you too in florida um there are a lot of Halloween events that you can attend and not that I don't like Halloween Horror Nights, but I think now that I've been twice, I'm kind of ready to maybe go to Hollow Scream or yeah, go. That's to... what I was going to suggest. Yeah. Let's go to
0: Hollow Scream. It's you know yeah. right in my city. So
1: Right. And so um, all in all, I would say if you are a horror fan um, who has a lot of patience, Halloween Horror Nights can be a fun event. It is also very crowded, um, mm. which is again, kind of a mood killer. Um, yeah. But I, I know I sound really tepid on it but mm-hmm. that you know I think I think I should really emphasize the fact that this is the biggest Halloween event that has probably ever been put on um in history so even mm-hmm. getting to attend as like a horror fan is like you know I feel it's a privilege and I and I feel um happy that I'm able to even critique it you know what I mean mm-hmm. so um I feel really lucky that that is basically right in my backyard um and I it certainly won't be the last time i'm going in fact next year is their 30th anniversary and a lot of people think that they will really be pulling out all the stops um and i if i do go which i hope i do i will probably be buying a fast pass to get the most out of that experience yeah yeah,
0: yeah. well anyway. yeah thank you uh for that terrifying review <laughs>
1: Ooh, spooky.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to know what you thought of uh, that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I think right now we're going to move on uh, to our final segment of the day. And, um, well, boils and ghouls, we have a good one for you um, because That's I know good. how much... Did you like that? Yeah, um, I like boils I... and ghouls. That's good. <laughs> I uh, I know how much our listeners um, love when we do uh, list-type things. So, oh, they love it. Um, you know... Both Taylor and I endeavored to do 31 Days of Halloween. Um, I will. I I was successfully able to do it because, um, you know, because I'm a loser, essentially. <laughs> I was able to fit all those movies in. Um, Taylor, unfortunately, was not, which sounds like a diss, but it just means she has more of a life than me. Um, <laughs> this month, I was able to watch, actually, uh, 37 uh, wow. horror f- films. Not all horror, because I also fit The Joker in there, um, and... Adam's Family and some other... That might be the only two films that weren't horror. I'd have to look through my uh, letterboxd again. But essentially uh, 35 horror films last month. Taylor, do you know how much you were able to get to last month?
1: So um, including some non-horror films that I still counted because I don't have time to watch two movies in a day, I watched 15 films. Nice. Um, but that doesn't include the fact that I watched some horror TV. I went to Halloween Horror Nights and I also w- started reading a new um, Stephen King novel. So nice. horror horror literature. So I would say every day during the month of October, I did something horror related.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and um, uh,
1: sorry, those 15, 15 films are not counting the three that I quote unquote watched on Halloween. So, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I set up us um, doing a list and then I just completely went off topic. So, yes, we, um, in order, to, instead of just going through every single film that we watched, which would be kind of boring, um, we just decided to pick five of our uh, the favorite films that we had watched during the month, either films that we hadn't seen before or films where it had been a while. Uh, it's been at, a while. It, yeah. Yeah. At, you know, referencing our famous segment, It's Been a While. It's Been a While. So uh we each picked five films we're going to go from uh number 5 to 1. Uh Taylor, I'll let you go first. We'll we'll pr- let's try and do this uh you know 2 or 3 minutes. Uh just wow. so we're okay. not going on forever, but <laughs> the <laughs> listeners don't want that. Um but anyway, let's start with number 5. Taylor, you want to go first?
1: All right, and I'm going to immediately go off topic by saying um
0: Perfect. <laughs>
1: Um, so when I started dating my boyfriend, he was in absolute shock that I had never seen Star Wars. So I've since become a Star Wars fan. I think it's probably the best part of dating him. Um, nothing to do with his personality or like mm-hmm. our relationship, but just the fact mm-hmm. that now I love Star Wars. Um, and so the new Star Wars movie is coming out in December. And because of that, one of my all time favorite podcasts, Binge Mode, is covering the wow. Star Wars franchise. Yes, it's fantastic. So I have, it. oh, and it is
0: Folks, they did a whole episode it, yeah. on Jar Jar Binks. It's called it Jar Jar amazing. Binks, a
1: character study, and you need <laughs> to listen amazing. to it. <laughs> um, and so, but I had seen the original trilogy, and I have seen the most recent two movies, but I had never seen the prequels. So uh, because the, the because Binge Mode was starting with the prequels, I had to go watch the prequels so they wouldn't be ruined for me. Um, so I will say that during the month of October, I started watching the prequels. I watched The Phantom Menace, and I've watched Attack of the Clone. or... Yeah, Attack of the Clones. I Um, hate sand. And I hate sand. It's so coarse and rough. Not like you. you. You're smooth. Smooth. It's so fucking creepy. Um, And I don't want to get too into it because it's not horror related, but I did want to say that that's been taking up a lot of my mental energy is the Star Wars prequels. I think we're
0: going to go through all the Star Wars films before the movie as well, just because I've been enjoying Binge Mode so much as well. And uh, Chanel has been insistent that we watch the prequels, so I'm girding my loins uh, for
1: that. Uh, I'm just gonna say it, and we can move on. I like the prequels. I think they're good, so um, I've been enjoying. I've really been enjoying watching them.
0: Every moment you say that, Taylor, <laughs> it tortures me.
1: I've been Your dying a of little since.
0: <laughs> <films laughs> haunts me.
1: Hey, listen, Hayden Christensen is a total babe. So even though he plays a incel in that movie, like <laughs> I Jeez. still enjoy watching him. So anyway, let's move on. Um, the, that's the last time I'll talk about the prequels in this episode.
0: <laughs> in this <I> episode. <laughs>
1: Um, so to start, um, I will start with number five. I watched the original Saw, um, to start off my Saw franchise. Um, I was a little tepid on it, to be honest with you. I was like, I didn't really, because I had, I've seen one of the Saw movies. Um, actually funny story. My boyfriend at the time in high school and I went to go see whatever Saw movie was in the theaters um but since we were only 16 years old we couldn't um buy a ticket to go see that saw movie so we bought a ticket to go see knights in rodanthe um and then <laughs> snuck into the saw movie that's back when you could still do that, that was before yeah. seats were assigned um so i would say that this was kind of my introduction to saw at all it's this technically the second saw movie that i've seen but um I, i'm just counting it as the first because i don't remember the one that i had seen previously um it was okay Um, I'm putting it as my number 5 mostly because uh, I was really anticipatory of seeing it and I did enjoy it and I think that it's setting up some better films to come and I've heard a lot of people say that the Saw franchise kind of gets better like the first movie isn't that great but then some of the subsequent I think
0: two, movies is, really the yeah, I think two exactly. is the best yeah best for me of the right. one, i've only seen one two and three but i yeah. enjoyed all three of them
1: yeah and the first movie is really good and it is disturbing um my personal um one of the things that disturbs me the most about uh horror movies like one of my scariest things is like human torture and like degradation so i thought that really you know it disturbed me um but i i hate to say it, it's just really dated and that's mm, kind of it's hard to get over that, that. It's hard I to go see over that. that. Yeah. Um, so number five, Saw. So I'm going to
0: start off by sidetracking a little bit. Back in the day when you had to do that to get into rated R films, I bought a ticket <laughs> to the movie Honey three separate times and never <laughs> saw the film Honey. So there you go.
1: I just I just remember like my boyfriend at the time being like, hi, yeah, uh, two for Nights in Rodanthe," And it really <laughs> made me laugh.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm pretty sure one of those was the seesaw three as well. Oh, that's uh, if cool. I'm not mistaken, I'm sure it was one of the saw films, um, yeah. or maybe Hostel or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, my number five is a film that I saw when it was released in theaters in 2012, but wasn't impressed by it when I saw it in theaters. Saw it again, um, you know, a few weeks back, uh, was impressed with it, and that is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, um, cool! It's uh, now a horror classic, a horror comedy slash meta analysis of horror classic. In uh, all the films I'll be discussing, on, uh, I, if you follow me on Letterbox, they all got um, three and a half stars or higher. So basically, I usually say three and a half is at least seven and a half out of ten, even because you can't do 3.34 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's besides the point. I really enjoyed this film. Um, because I've watched more horror films in the intervening seven years, I think I appreciated it more. Mm. I appreciated the um, kind of cliched beginning intercut with, like, you know, the um, the scientists who are kind of controlling the quote-unquote, ex- you know, what they call an experiment going on. And I also appreciated what happens later in the film a lot more. Um, I just thought this was a really clever film. It wasn't scary. Um, that's why it's kind of down on my list. But I did really, really enjoy it. And I thought it was a great, like, you know, just horror Uh, like, grab-bag horror-type film that horror fans uh, will appreciate. And it also stars uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, Mm. in a very early role, and I hadn't realized that, so I thought that was really cool. Um, Joss Whedon wrote this film, uh, which really surprised me because I feel like most of his stories recently, uh, Avengers are very, like, formulaic and kind of just... He doesn't well, strike me is... as someone that's a smart writer. Well, this um, film which... is
1: also a play on being formulaic. So Yeah, that's why sense. I was so surprised. Yeah. And, you
0: know, uh, I just I just really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, if you're looking, if you're like me, uh, and we're wondering, you know, I, I saw this film, wasn't impressed by it, but it's gotten so much hype since then. I went back and really, really enjoyed it. So, Cabin that's in the cool. Woods, that's my number five. Yeah.
1: That's cool because I uh, don't – I saw this – Maybe a year after it came out, because I remember watching it on my laptop um, in undergrad, and I was not a fan. And I was mm-hmm. with someone um, at the time who was a big fan, um, and he was like, you have to watch Cabin in the Woods. And then nothing makes me more annoyed than when like a dude is like, oh, well, you like horror movies? Well, you haven't seen this movie. And that's not really what he was like, but that's kind of how I took it. And oh, then you I... like
0: video games? Yeah. What brand overalls does Mario wear? <laughs>
1: like, So I had seen this movie, and I didn't really like it and he was like I don't understand why you don't like it and so I was just like oh well okay um so but I think I should you'll appreciate it, well. it more now yeah for sure I think so um okay so my number four uh movie that I watched this month is the Netflix film Eli I never thought mm. I would be saying this but I stand Eli very hard um it came <laughs> out young this, lad. yeah it came out this year 2019 um and it is in a lot of ways a pretty standard Netflix horror movie I think we've all kind of you know when Netflix first started putting out movies a lot of them were good like I remember like Hush I think was a Netflix movie uh,
0: yeah Um, Hush was very very good
1: yeah Gerald's Game was a really good movie and lately like they've been making so many stinkers that I think to say something is a Netflix horror movie is kind of a dig um but this is in a lot of ways still kind of kind of a Netflix horror movie as it stands as a dig but it has a lot of elements about it that work and i think that if it had been i think if it had been a little less formulaic in some ways it could have been like a really good horror movie as it stands i just think it's a pretty good horror movie that i really enjoyed um and it has a pretty um well it has a very talked about twist ending that a lot of people did not like but that i really enjoyed um and i think speaks to some other themes that are present earlier on in the movie um so i wanted to put it on my list also to just say like i think it's a pretty good release and i think if people um have time and are so inclined i would check it out so um yeah, uh, yeah. as
0: you were speaking i put it on my watch list so i'll try and check wow. it out before the end of the year all right um sick you did recommend it to me before but i was like hmm <laughs> but now you've convinced me. Okay. Um, so my number four is one that I'm very excited to talk about. Um, and it's actually free online. If you just Google it, um, it is the WNUF Halloween special. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Like I said, if you just Google it, it's on archive.org. Uh, you can watch it for free. Um, it is a film that was made in 2013, but shot as if it was uh, in the eighties, which, okay. You're like, whatever, Curtis. That's that very house it's, of the devil. of that. Yeah. It's like, whatever. However, this is a film uh, that is shot like a special, like a local news special, complete with fake commercials and everything, some of which are very, very funny. Um, you, The film starts out with kind of the last 10 minutes of a local news program talking, It you know, it's set on Halloween, talking about, like, there's this dentist who's doing a candy buyback program, so there's a story on that. Um, but then, you know, they and they prep you for this Halloween special where this uh, newscaster is going into a house with a few mediums to... Uh, where the house where a boy killed his parents after using a Ouija board and you kind of go from there I I don't want to give it away it's really really unique uh, despite you know again very when I was first describing it sounds very formulaic you know set in the 80s it's shot on uh, video so it's very very grainy and it feels like it's from the 80s more so than a lot of other films that are like set in the 80s. Um, it really is something, you know, He he. when he made this film, he put it on VHS and would leave it at conventions, like VHS conventions, give it to people and be like, yeah, sell this. And he wanted people to think this was like, you know, obviously it quickly came out that this is, you know, made 2013, but, you know, it really can get away with it, I feel like. It really is very, very authentic. Um, the one thing that does give it away, it's set in a county that does not exist. I tried to look it up on my phone to see, you know, if that phone numbers were real and things like that, but it's not... But it just is really, really unique, genuinely scary, um, but also really quirky and fun. And I would highly recommend this to people, um, you know, right now, if you're really bummed about the end of the Halloween season, this will get you right back in. So definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good. And when you first mentioned that to me, I was like, that sounds right up it's awesome. my alley. Um, weirdly, it reminds me, and I it's probably nothing like this, but like Hell, Hell House LLC or like the Hell House found footage movies. You know, a of, little
0: bit. I yeah. mean... Parts, parts of it, yeah.
1: Like trying to be fake Halloween spooky, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love stuff like that. Um, okay, well, my number three, I'm very excited to talk about because I finally watched Candyman. Now, I mm, covered Candyman on an earlier episode, so I won't belabor it too, too much um, on this episode. But this is like, uh, I mean, it's a classic horror film um it's also been very famously difficult to find you know streaming mm-hmm. um i was almost at the point where i was just gonna buy it um i don't typically like to buy movies before i've seen them in case i don't like them but i was like why well, i have to watch candyman like I-, I can't just be one of those people that's never seen candyman yeah. um and so i was so excited to finally watch it i was excited to watch it like even if it hadn't have been good i would have been still like oh finally i watched candyman i would have still felt happy about that but like add to it on top of the fact that it's like one of i mean it's probably one of the best horror films ever made um i was simply delighted it was scary um it was really well acted the plot line works on like a lot of different levels and tony todd is a total babe so Mm -hmm. um could watch him all day so uh yeah can't even i mean if you haven't seen it yet you simply must it should still be on netflix okay Yeah. yeah
0: Um, I saw this film again in theaters. Thankfully, it was playing uh, in theaters one night here in Tampa. Um, this movie's just excellent. It's so thoughtful. The music's great. The shots are great. This is really a film that could come out today and be yeah. in line with like those more artistic. Like
1: yeah. what it was ahead call, of its time. It yeah. totally,
0: totally. Yeah. Um, and it's by a director who had only done one horror movie previously. So it kind of that's bonkers. Yeah. So it's but it kind of shows in a way. You know, he's you know he wants to make a film that's a little, it's a little bit different than normal horror films. To,
1: to, um, so that we're not kind of recapping our earlier episode. One thing that we didn't discuss um, when I brought this up, maybe an episode ago, um, what do we think about like Jordan Peele remaking this movie? Oh,
0: I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really excited. I think it's ripe for that kind of, of, you know, it's an interesting reading, um, but I also can see how you know they talked about this in horror noir, um, the documentary about uh, you know basically black horror. Um, there's a reading that this is kind of like you know the the black man lusting after the white woman. Uh-huh. You know, it could could be a little ham fisted. Uh, some people think so. I think this is like. Everything about this film is very, very modern, but some of the themes could use some updating, and I think that's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that what I would expect Jordan Peele to add to this movie, like what he's known for, is already present in the movie. So I will be excited to see kind of his I'm, take on I'm that. I'm interested
0: in his take. That's basically yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah. So,
1: all right. Well. Um,
0: but my number three is a film that I had seen. Uh, I, hadn't, I watched ton of times when I was in high school when I was really into zombie films and I had not seen it since I became an adult uh, (laughs) at least 12 years Um, and it's something I've had a DVD of for that long basically I've been holding on to this DVD for a while it is Return of the Living Dead so um, for people who are unfamiliar with Return of the Living Dead um, the financier I believe the producer of Night of the Living Dead and George A. Romero had a falling out and the producer retained the rights to The Living Dead Films, So that's why Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead is not Day of the Living Dead. Um, Oh, okay. And so uh, Dan O'Bannon made Return of the Living Dead. And then there's Return of the Living Dead 2 and 3 and possibly 4. Regardless, whereas films like Dawn of the Dead are deadly serious about social issues and just kind of, you know, very meant to scare you, uh, Return of the Living Dead is very, very tongue-in-cheek. I would compare... I would say Return of the Living Dead is in, in the conversation with Dead Alive and Shauna Dead for the best horror zombie comedy. It is very gory. It is very funny. Um, it's about, uh, you know, a group of punks who are in this scenario, too. So it's very, like, a very funny look at 80s, like, punk culture and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the zombies are really unique in that they talk in our conscious. Um They don't die. Even if you chop them into little pieces, they're still moving. So that leads to a lot of funny scenarios. There's parts of this film that are also scary. It just has everything. It's such an easy watch. I watched this one on uh, Halloween Day. It was literally the last film I watched. This 37th film I watched in my uh, movie challenge. And it was one of the ones I enjoyed the most. I'm really glad to have revisited this film.
1: That sounds cool. I'll have to check that out. And I didn't know all all of the drama about the living dead
0: nomenclature. So if you see Living Dead, Jorge Romero had nothing to do with it and he's probably pissed off that you're watching it from the grave.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I was about to say, do you really want to insult his memory like that by watching Night or Return of the Living Dead? It's a great
0: movie. Oh. Great love, great movie. I don't think I love under- it. <laughs> I love this
1: film. I love this film. Okay. <laughs> um well, unfortunately my top two are films that we've kinda already discussed on the podcast. Um as we got into at the top, I didn't get to watch as many films, so I didn't have as many things to pull from. Um, But my number two is Joker, uh, which I did see Mm, about a week into um, October. We had discussed at the time whether or not this is a horror film. I'm still calling it horror adjacent, but I do think it's still appropriate to talk about in a horror context, Mm. unlike that person um, who yanked the discussion from my horror group on Facebook? I still hate those people so much. I really should just leave that group and find a new yes, one.
0: Um, please do. I'm uh, so yeah. sick of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm, I know I'm being annoying. Um, but I do love to hate screenshot stuff and send it to you. Oh, I
0: actually do enjoy that. They make, <laughs> I like. I kind of like getting angry at people.
1: God, what was the one I sent you the other day? Oh, oh. someone
0: saying that midsummer was boring and garbage. No,
1: no, she said awful in all yeah. caps. That yeah. was. That was fucking something. Remember, Um, folks,
0: your opinion is objective truth. Don't ever forget
1: that. (laughs) But anyway, so um, I still think that Joker is horror adjacent kind of in the way, uh, you know, The Dark Knight is horror adjacent. Um, And this many weeks on, I I still found myself thinking about it. I did wonder how much it would stick with me. Um, And so uh, I can say um in all truthfulness that it has stuck with me i still think about it um and it's a very good film and one that i hope to rewatch eventually so um I think, that's why it's number 2 on my list
0: you know as someone i mean i'll bring this up again as someone who works with people with mental illness this is the most realistic depiction i've seen in film uh of how like society fails people with mental illness and i think it's really like touching and sad at parts And, uh, you know, it just so happens to be a movie about the Joker, which Mm -hmm. makes it easy to meme. But um, (laughs) I did find it very heartbreaking. And I, um, you know, I think a lot of the backlash about this film has to do with the fact that the Joker is not someone we're supposed to be rooting for. But I mean, not we just need to remember not every film like I think I thought of Henry, the portrait of a serial killer watching this film, like not every film has to be have a main character who we like or root for. Like, that's not how film has to be. It doesn't make a film, like, morally reprehensible because the main character is bad.
1: I agree with you, and um, I think that people have a lot of hangups about that. Like, we're always supposed to have someone that we root for. Um, and I think a good example of that, actually, that brings to mind is, like, Breaking Bad, where yes. um, if you've seen the entire series, you know that you go from, you know, rooting for Walter White to being against him. And I think that that is, um, that is such a unique show for that reason, because it takes someone that you used to love and makes you kind of hate him. Um, Mm -hmm. and it makes the show is about how you hate him and why you hate him. And I think the Joker, um, similarly, but although I would argue that there are things to root about in Joker, you know, um, it is kind of dope that people are revolting against a society that's not working for them. Yeah. Um, that being said. Society. Yeah. Society, man. <laughs> um, That but like, obviously, you wouldn't necessarily agree with his methods. But at the same time, um, the fact that this like citywide revolt starts over the fact that he killed two yuppies, I'm not that mad about it so yeah. uh, I just, I don't know what you want me to say
0: people who are angry about the depiction of mental illness in this film I think I think that's way off base I mean I think people need to like live in reality and understand you know what this film is presenting is just a realistic look at what society we live in a society what society does to you know, people with mental illness and what it drives some people to do and the ways that the system fails people. And I think, I thought it was really poignant because of that. But Mm -hmm. um, anyway, um, I also agree that this movie is not a horror film, but definitely like horror adjacent and, um, you know, appealing to people who like horror. Same way I would say this about like, I just saw Parasite. It's kind of not really horror, but horror adjacent. Um, It would appeal to people who like horror films. Um, But anyway, my number two is Night of the Creeps. I watched this Ooh, film. I
1: love this film. This seems like I, a film that Joel would love. Oh, it's
0: it's one of Joel's top. Uh, okay, that's top film, horror films okay. of all time. I loved this film. <laughs> I mean, I you know, you and I, we probably have too similar taste in horror. To be hosting a podcast where we ostensibly should be disagreeing every once in a while. Yeah, I love films about teens. I just love like <laughs> any type of teen drama or you know. You know, it just appeals to me because, you know, when I was getting into horror films as a teenager, I wanted to see films about teens. And for some reason that has like stuck with me and it it translates into my love of, say, Scream. And Night of the Creeps is about a alien invasion of sorts where there are these slug creatures that are burrowing into people's brains and turning them essentially into zombies. And this type of outbreak occurs on a college campus and hilarity ensues now this film is maybe one of the funniest horror comedies I've ever seen while still having very very strong horror elements I mean this just felt to me the essence of Halloween I don't want to get the pants scared off of me during Halloween the whole month I don't want to watch you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre 31 times I want to watch something that's fun that gets me to the season. That makes me enjoy my life. Basically, I don't want to be miserable all the time. And this film, I don't
1: want to always be the nervous laughing emoji. Exactly.
0: You know? <laughs> this film really made me feel that. And while it's not like explicitly like something that is occurring on Halloween or anything like that, I just loved the setting, the college campus. I loved the relationship that builds between the two characters. I loved the alien sci-fi aspect of it. There was a the beginning of the film is set in the fifties and shot in black and white and just really like self-referential and funny. And, uh, the slugs are really gross and what the gore in this film is really good. I just thought this isn't going to be like, you know, this isn't a film that's going to win like, you know, an Academy award or anything, but I just thought it was really, really fun and really, really endearing and, uh, definitely would recommend it to anybody that's just looking to have a lighthearted, good, uh, fun time watching a film kind of like return of the living dead it would make actually that would be a great double feature if you're looking yeah for that a sounds fun cool I,
1: yeah i mean that doesn't really sound super up my alley but i can see the context in which you watched it like how that would be a good choice you know mm-hmm. um kind of how like i don't always want to watch like hocus pocus but when halloween <laughs> rolls around i'm like well i gotta watch Hocus yeah. Pocus. yeah i think know? this
0: might be a film i re- revisit next year
1: yeah um well my number one uh you know i'm not gonna being around the bush was um, Bush was the lighthouse. Um, Mm -hmm. It was one of my favorite films I've seen so far this year. I just saw it last week um, as part of my 31 days of horror. Um, I think my experience watching it kind of added to my enjoyment. I was in Dallas for the weekend. Um, I got some delicious tacos and then I went to this really cool kind of artsy theater to go see the lighthouse. Um, It was a really it was kind of an older theater so i think that like added to my enjoyment of kind of the older style in which this movie was shot we just did a review episode about the lighthouse yeah, which it, covered check your feed it's, yeah. it's
0: uh we released it the same day we were dropping this actually yeah, so check your so,
1: feed i mean i'm not going to go into it again but um i will say i think overall my my feeling about the lighthouse can be encapsulated by the fact that i'm so relieved it wasn't a stinker mm-hmm. and i would have been simply devastated um, if it had been bad and instead of being in any way bad it is one of my um favorite films that i've seen this year so um again everyone should go watch the lighthouse and i'm sorry that my top five was just like all right so i've talked about this film already on the pod (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but like that's kind of just the reality of um of you know not being able to cover as many as many movies as i would have hoped to um Mm -hmm. so kind of as my top five i will say um i am looking forward to seeing a few films that are available um for streaming um the first movie i'm going to watch as um after my 31 days of horror is anna in the apocalypse which is finally oh, nice. available on hulu um nice. i love musicals so i have pretty high hopes for this um so i just wanted to make a quick plug for that so it wasn't just me talking mm-hmm. about the same films <laughs> over and over again
0: <laughs> well taylor i also would recommend little monsters with the Lapita nyong'o just drop oh, on hulu okay. as well yeah definitely check that one out before the year ends um, does, but... is that a
1: 2019 film too
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah it, it came out in like it, january re- right well, it was in festivals in January, but it released oh, okay. just a few weeks ago. Oh, um, okay,
2: cool, cool. I just, you know, I
0: know out. we're going to have this conversation later, but for 2019, it's gotten really confusing because I realized I put a yeah. lot of 2019 films on my watch list, but I was having to go bar- as far back as 2016 to remember that I put them there because they were originally released in their for- like original countries. And two- it's it's oh, going to okay. be difficult. We'll have to do a big caveat on that. I may maybe I'll cut this out, but we might have to do a big <laughs> caveat on that. Um, yeah. But anyway, I'm going to go into my number one, but before um, I do, I just want to give a quick honorable mention to a non-horror again a non film that I watched. But because I watched so many films, I wanted to, you know, just do just horror films, uh, not just horror adjacent. But the best film I watched all month was Parasite, Bong Joon-ho. I just watched this a few days ago. I texted uh, you about it. I know you haven't seen it, so I won't get into it. But um, this it might be the best film I've watched all year. It is horror adjacent. I posted about it on our Twitter, telling uh, people that if you're you know into horror, I think that you'll especially enjoy this film um, because the film does what a lot of other uh, horror films have done lately and kind of use its the horror of the situation or you know just not even the horror of the situation, but the you know the situation to speak for something larger. I thought the movie was really smart. I thought everything. Every shot, every action in the film had meaning. I just really loved this film. Um, again, it's not, it's a horror adjacent. Uh, there's definitely horror aspects, but if you've seen a Bon Juho movie before, a big one is we covered The Host mm-hmm. on our uh, Monsters episode. They really don't have any genre. You know, yeah. you can, it's a mix of three or four different genres, like The Host is. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't go in with knowing anything. I would say, and you'll just love this film. There's yeah. a lot that can be spoiled, so make sure don't go in uh, knowing anything when you go see it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing that, and I know that you're a Bong Joon Ho for Bong Joon Ho. Yes. So I'm um, a big
0: Bong Joon Ho, uh, <laughs> for and I, I know you love Korean films. So you're I'm right. I'd be it would be the most shocking thing in the world if you didn't enjoy it. Um, but anyway, my number one film is a film, uh, a classic. Uh, for me it's been a while Uh, when I watched it the only other time I watched it is I was a teenager and I was in a phase where I just wanted to see kills and gore and you know crazy whatever Um, and so one aspect of this film appealed to me uh, but everything else did not the subtext and themes of the film went way over my head I watched it again for Halloween Uh, they did not go over my head and it was incredibly depressing and Not exactly what I look for in Halloween, but it's undeniable that Carrie was the best film Mm. I watched all month. Um, I really shouldn't, I really don't need to say much about Carrie. Again, it's a classic directed by Brian De Palma, starring Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie, and John Travolta is in this one as well. Uh, he plays this uh, <laughs> shitty boyfriend of the girl that pranks wow, Carrie.
1: Wow, totally forgot about that. Yeah,
0: yeah, he is a real douche in this film. Uh, I think this is pre-Saturday Night Fever too, which is pretty cool. Wow. But um, this film is just great. I mean, it really is, um, you really, really feel for Carrie, and even though she does this, you know, everybody knows what she does at the prom and what happens at prom, which uh-huh. again, this is, you know, I don't think it should be, it can be said enough. I mean, this scene is like iconic and awesome. Like the camera tricks and the side-by-side framing is so cool. And you get like such a great look at what she is, like the carnage she is doing, but you really feel like justified by the end of the film when she does what she does. Like she goes through so much abuse in this film from both her mother and, and from her classmates. It's really sad. I mean, it's just really, really sad. And, um, you know, the themes of womanhood and bullying are very, very, like, salient. Like, you just feel what she's feeling in this film. And uh, to me, you know, I heard a really interesting, I, I, some, I heard someone talking about uh, Midsummer, and they said, you know, it's not enough for me for a great horror film to be uh scary it has to be scary plus something else like scary and funny or scary and sad and like midsummer this is scary and sad and it makes you feel it amplifies both of those feelings together and um you know if it's been a while since you've watched it uh go back and watch it because this is an excellent and a horror classic
1: mm-hmm. well and also i i think that it shouldn't be understated that a lot of stephen king horror movies are not good and this is one not only is this one of the few good ones it is like probably one of the best ones you know besides the shining Mm -hmm. um and i would say misery um and if you haven't seen it and you are a fan of stephen king you know this is like a must watch um and i know it was remade did you ever watch the remake?
0: Uh I think it was remade twice actually. So
1: I'm thinking of the one with um Chloe Grace oh, Moretz. yeah
0: yeah the most recent one I have not.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it either but I I have heard people say that it was it was I mean it's nothing you know nothing can be the original but that it wasn't bad. So yeah, I kind
0: of chanel has been to really interested out. uh she mentioned to me before there was it was also remade in the early 2000s and then there's also The Rage Carrie 2. Uh, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> the Rage Carrie
1: 2. Um, but yeah, I mean I love Carrie. I love the book Carrie. I read Carrie when I was um the age of Carrie. Um I just said the word Carrie a lot, but you know Carrie, I, Carrie, Carrie. I, <laughs> I so I I mean it it definitely has like a special place in my heart just for the sense that I remember really kind of relating to her. Not that my mom abused me or that I got my <laughs> period in a in a gym locker room, but um, you know, those, those scenes of bullying, I think everyone can unfortunately mm-hmm. relate to that. And so, um, yeah, I agree Not with me. you that it's really sad. Uh, I can't relate to that. You got bullied like mercilessly.
0: <laughs> <Incessantly>. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's our top five. I hope everybody, uh, enjoyed that. Um, I think that's we're all we're going to do today. We're running a little long. I don't know if you had anything extra you wanted to discuss. I think we...
1: Um, No, I mean, I will just say that uh, it was a great Halloween season for me, probably one of my favorite Halloween seasons um, of all time. It was great to on Halloween have trick or treaters and be able to celebrate in that way. Um, I do wish I hadn't been traveling so much for work. I think I would have um, really enjoyed actually doing a 31 days of Halloween. But um, as I always think to myself, there's always next year. And um, I can say with confidence that in a year from now, I will it's different uh same year different uh, same different year same shit for me mm-hmm. uh with the watching oh, of yeah. the horror movies so yeah
0: nice yeah i had a great halloween season i was able to watch far more films than i anticipated um which was great uh found a lot new classics experienced a lot of new stinkers uh so overall is just a really <laughs> oh, well, fun I time i kind of want
1: to ask well sorry i know you're trying to wrap up but i do want to ask what was the worst movie that you watched
0: uh the two worst movies I watched were Scary Movie 1 and 2. Ooh, those were bad. <laughs> oh, Not dude, age well mine. at all. You
1: took mine because mine was Scary Movie 2. Oh, Scary was... Movie
0: 2. I cannot... I have, don't have the words for how bad that movie is.
1: It Like, not only was it horrible, like, it wasn't even funny. It wasn't
0: funny. remotely funny. There was nothing... I mean, nothing... At, least at least Scary Movie 1 has that uh, scene where the popcorn is getting really, really big as she's, <laughs> like, talking on the phone. That It was so yeah. bad. The guy with the hand... Yeah, I. That yeah. is just. Anyway, don't watch the scary movie films. Yeah, just... Well, Doctor really Phil, Phil is in a uh, scary movie four, so maybe check that one out. But uh... mm. okay, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, folks, thanks so much for listening. We got a great slate of episodes coming up. We have our Thanksgiving episode, our Christmas episode, and then a few fun top 10 episodes uh, before the end of the year. So we're really excited to go uh, through that. Thankfully, we have found two Thanksgiving uh, horror movies, believe it or not, there are, they do exist and we'll be covering them. Um, But uh, thanks so much again for listening. Uh, Oh, wait a second. We always do this. We got an email um, from an intrepid listener, uh, Angel, uh, who also (laughs) created our art. Thank you so much, Angel. Um, Before, I go on to this email. I am going to politely ask that any listener who recommended that I listen, that I watch frogs, please unsubscribe uh, because now I still have to do it. I still have to watch frogs. Um, You uh, listeners, I can tell you, I don't appreciate you um and they please... represent
1: 25 percent of our listeners so please yes. don't unsubscribe so
0: they represent zero percent of our listenership now but <laughs> folks i will be watching frogs i'll try and watch it this week um maybe i'll be you know play some games on my switch while i'm doing so we'll see but uh, i will watch frogs and give my full review <laughs> that's so rude that's um, so rude so i a little quick background i posted this on um, my personal accounts not on any of our are Real Films accounts, but I did create my top 100 horror films of all time on my Letterboxd, uh which I've been continuously editing uh, as you know as I fiddle around with the listings. But one of the films I include in there, uh, which is currently number 90 or 95, is Phantasm, which I think is a great film with some obvious flaws in, uh, in terms of the acting, but it has some really great imagery, really cool gore. I've always really, really liked that film. Uh, however... A person who is not a fan of this film uh, is apparently uh, Angel. So I will read her email. Good evening. I'm writing to alert you of a mistake my, made on your greatest horror movies of all times list. It seems that that the film Phantasm has been erroneously added. I wanted to alert you of this mistake so that you can avoid being responsible for others potentially absorbing any media regarding this series. No need to thank me. Just one horror buff out looking out for another. Best. Angel. P.S. That's legitimately hilarious. P.S. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> If by some chance you intended to include the film *Phantasm* in your greatest horror movies of all time list, then I am gravely concerned for the mental well-being of those in charge of this wonderful podcast and demand that an episode is produced detailing the value detailing the value of this film, or I will be sure to never listen to this podcast again. Well, Angel, that you can never listen to this podcast again because you okay. are banned from now okay.
1: on. Okay. <laughs> all right, we've now lost five listeners
0: because you're just like on a spree. Over you there. are banned. Uh, and... It- I will actually a uh, um, comply with that request. I will do a full review of Phantasm in the near future uh, on our uh, uh, what do we call it? What are you watching segment? That what we have you been have- watching lately? Yeah. yeah. I will uh, rewatch Phantasm before the end of the year and do a full review just for you, Angel. And wow. if I prove to you that this film is good, you must stop listening to our podcast. Oh, my God. Okay, oh, wait, no, well, The other way. You have to continue listening.
1: I was about to say, in what situation will Angel continue listening to the podcast? <laughs>
0: I've, I've already berated half of our listenership at this
1: well, point. Well, um... I mean, yeah, if you have any other hot takes that you
0: would like to <laughs> yeah, uh, in- takes, inform us delightful.
1: of, um, please email us, ahh at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, A-H-H-RealFilms, or on Twitter, A-H-H-R-E-E-L-Films. Um, you can also, well, actually, no, I'm demanding that you leave us a uh, uh, rating and a review on the it's iTunes app. Um, we did get one uh, recently. Um, which is very nice that says five stars like many out there my partner is not into scary movies and this podcast is there for me when i'm feeling spooky but have to settle for hocus pocus the movie analysis really sets the scene and the banter keeps it light keep them coming so thank you so much
0: i love our banter taylor Um, what i love our banter as well
1: i'm just glad to know that other people out there think that possibly we're funny because sometimes i listen to the podcast i'm like
0: "Ah, uh." (laughs) (laughs) laugh at myself oh god i'm delightful (laughs)
1: <laughs> so um yeah i mean if you could leave us a rating and a review that would um help other people find our podcast and also bring us joy during a very dark time in both of our lives mm-hmm. please help us we're both drowning in one yes um, i
0: please please <laughs> if somebody has a magical sleeping pill that they can give me so i can get one <laughs> night of sleep
1: you should start taking z quill
0: i should just start taking xanax before i go to bed is what i really that's need what to do Some xanax Xanny's- and a beer
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's the uh the nighttime snack of champions <laughs>
0: Anyway, well, thank you so much, folks, and we'll see you next time with our Thanksgiving episode. Bye-bye. Bye.